back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast, the show that gives you the unfiltered truth about the Bible and everything Christianity. In this episode, we talk about sharing your faith, why it's important, and everything that goes into that process. And at the end, we bring back our debate show and talk about Star Wars, we talk about Spider-Man and everything Disney. So y'all stay tuned for that. God bless y'all. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. Um, by the time you are watching this, it's probably around Christmas time. So I think this is a good time to say, you know, Christmas is a time to be spent focused on Jesus. You know, Christmas is celebrated. Um, you know, worshiping and celebrating the, the, the birth of Jesus. And time, when Jesus was born, time restarted, man. And I think it's important to really fix our eyes on that point and you know, we're talking today about sharing our faith, and this is a good time to be sharing your faith with family members, loved ones, friends, and family that will be at these Christmas gatherings. So, um, with that being said, Brayden, I mean, what comes to mind when you when we um, mention this topic, sharing our faith? Uh, right now in this season, I think uh, it really comes to mind that it's going to be it's really hard around you know people you're closest to to be open about. Um, really what you believe, what you think. But uh, we have to always have an eternity in mind and eternity at heart and understand that uh, that's what's biggest. That's the most important thing. And uh, there's multiple ways that you can show um, you can show the gospel. You know, you need to show through your actions. People aren't going to just be listening to you if you're saying one thing, doing the other. You know, be a servant to your loved ones. Be a servant, servant to the people closest to you and they will definitely receive the message a lot better and they will actually they will come to you when they look when they're looking for information they'll come to you whenever they have a question about something and uh that's going on in your life so always do your best to understand that you know you are the example for christ and of course we all fall short but we can do our best so that whenever someone looks around and is like man i need to i need to know something about god or, uh, you know, just a question about their faith, they know who to come to because um, there's an actual difference in the way you walk versus the, everyone else. We all know that guy. There, there's always that one person at family member uh, at the family gatherings, that friend you know that thinks he knows everything, is always looking to give you the advice. But there is a difference when you're the guy giving advice and you're actually living out what you're preaching to people. And um, that's very important as well. Um to start off, I want to talk about, you know, like what Christians, why Christians are sharing, what they're sharing is what, excuse me, what Christian sharing is different. Like you see people sharing the gospel, you see Mormons, you see Jehovah Witness, you see people in America just always spreading different gospels, different truths, right? But why is what Christians are sharing, why is that different? First off, um, I would speak on the motivation Christians have, you know, imagine having the cure for cancer or having the cure for, um, a, a, a wild disease, right? And you have the cure and then you just keep it to yourself. I mean, that's the mindset Christians have is that we have the cure. We have this, we have this good news. So why would we just keep it to ourselves? We are called as Christians to really spread this good news and spread this knowledge that we we have learned and we are saved so we want to spread that spread that good news yeah it's it's the good news you know it's not it's not anything to feel less than 
other people around you when there's circumstances around you you have to understand that you actually you're the one that's carrying the good news so it's very important and you shouldn't take uh there's nothing that you should hold back on that you know if you feel the opportunity you know let it let it flow out of your mouth and do your best and um there's one scripture. This has been my favorite scripture for a couple months now, and and this describes the difference um, that Christianity provides. Um, this is First Peter one eight through nine, and it says, "Though you have seen him, oh, excuse me, though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." There's two things that point out point out at me when I read this. First off, the salvation of your souls. Christians are spreading this good news not because they gain from it, not because whatever. They you literally are receiving the salvation of your soul. That's what the end of your that's the end result of your faith is your salvation. And then next is it says though you have not seen him, you love him, and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Like this this is what what Christians experience. Why Christianity is different in spreading these messages is that the Christian faith correctly, the Bible correctly diagnoses the human condition. Matt Keller said this, Brayden, on that podcast. Yeah. There's a misconception that, um, you know, Jesus, the Bible just wants us to live by these rules because he doesn't want us to be, have fun. He doesn't want us to, you know, live our lives the way we want to. No, the, the design of the Bible is to make the human life, experience the most delight, most joy, most fulfilled as possible. Like maybe yeah. not prosperity, maybe not health no. wise, maybe not material. Uh, inside. Yeah. The, On the Jesus inside. wants us to be the most satisfied as possible. That's why he sets these limitations or tells us how to live our life. Not because he wants to restrict us. So that's, what's different about Christianity is that we are filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy that cannot be explained. It's inexpressible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, God is so amazing on the interior that external issues are seem small. He's so amazing. He gives you these things on the inside. He gives you love, joy, and peace that surpasses understanding. And that creates just uh, like everything on the outside just becomes so much smaller compared to what's God's given you on the inside. So I'm going to read First uh, Peter 3.15. Uh, through 16. But in your hearts, revere, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So I love that the part where it says, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have when always, someone asks you when it says someone always asks have you, that reason right yeah like you you have to be ready to give the answer for the for the reason you have your hope and i know my hope is all in christ and so that's that hits my heart so hard to see that it's so we have to have an answer we have to have a we have to come up with things back like i think it's misunderstood that People, I think people misunderstand that we're all, it's all of our jobs. We all have to spread our faith. That's not an option. We have to. And 
you should delight in that. You should delight in what you have. It's so amazing. It's not as another restriction. It's as another, oh, I get to tell another person and maybe just maybe they can feel what I feel, you know, just maybe they can understand what I understand. It's, it's this amazing thing. Why would I not want that? You know, I want them to have eternal joy, you know, from the Lord. 100%. And one thing I've always, it, it kind of changed my perspective on sharing the gospel. If I'm a person, um, if I'm a non-believer and I have all these people coming to spread their religions to me, you know, a lot of times I feel like they're forcing it on me or like that's what the common the common uh, understanding is, is they're forcing their religion on us. But you have to understand that our salvation, like me and Brayden's salvation, a Christian salvation does not change if you believe what we're saying or not. So if we're spreading the gospel to you and you choose not to believe or you choose to believe, that's on you. But our salvation doesn't depend on how many people we convert. So if if anything, that should be relieving to a person who is hearing this gospel that they are like, like we're not forcing you to believe anything. You take this and do what you want with it. And, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's important. Like understanding that we're offering righteousness in the same way that sin offers sin, we offer righteousness. So when we're offering God, we're offering something amazing and we have to keep that in mind. We can't be thinking that we're, offering we're stubbing someone's toes or whatever all the time as human beings we have to be doing something that is it it, we it's our natural way to want someone to be doing what we're doing if someone smokes weed and likes to drink then they like to have every other person doing it with them it's just what they do so in the same way we have it's the gospel we we actually have good news so there those people like I, I tried to look at it whenever I changed my life was changed and I like the same way I was with bad. I should be that and more with the good. I should be the w- same way I was quote unquote forcing it on people just from me being around people from me, from the way I was that's forcing it on people in the, in the same way. So yeah. whenever I, I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it works the same way. You know, if you're with someone in the truck and they're smoking weed right next to you, um, you're forcing it on that some and that person. More times than likely, they're like, Hey, come on, hit this, bro. You know, hit it. Yeah. You know, why hey, why not, bro? Come on, you're being you're being lame, bro. You know, they, exactly. they always peer press you into it. Absolutely. So why can't why can't we with good news, what's the worst that's gonna happen? You know, that person's gonna feel uncomfortable for a moment. Okay, is it, it's worth their eternal salvation. We have to understand that it's worth their eternal salvation to feel uncomfortable for a minute or feel uncomfortable exactly. for for a long time. So, and I like how you said that because a lot of times our society has it mixed, and I felt this way for a while. But especially when I first became a new believer, I would tell people about Jesus, and they would like I would step on people's toes. They're like, it, it, it's uncomfortable. Our society would rather talk especially college kids, our age group would rather talk about bad things and, you know, spread bad things, drinking, smoking, doing these things, you know, uh, chasing these things. And then as soon as you have that same mindset, but do it with scripture, do it with the gospel, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like, okay, you're a Christian. I'm proud of you, but you're you're too far. You're going too far spreading the gospel. Don't, don't interrupt my life. I don't want to hear that. I live in good. You know, it's backwards. Um, the things people worship, the things people are spreading. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not, it's not the same way 
for someone that is living in righteousness, the same way for someone who I'm not going to say that I'm so perfect. I'm not going to say that I don't sin, but my will is to not sin the same way it feels whenever sin's around me. That's the way, same way that righteousness feels to someone in sin. So whenever, whenever it comes, I'm like, Oh, I don't want this. This is so bad. So bad. So bad. Whenever you spread the light on, on darkness, it's like, go in a room that's completely dark. Someone's in there, flip the lights on, see what their reaction is. That it's the same thing. Whenever you flip the lights on, it's like, whoa, 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 buddy. You're going, this is, you know, that's cool for you, but you're taking it too far. No, you like, this is your salvation. You, you care for that person. You have to love that person enough to feel uncomfortable for your own self to actually want their eternal salvation. 100% and that's the next thing I've written down is why sharing the gospel is so important Um, I've heard many stories where people um, this guy I know his mother died and he had the chance to spread the gospel to her and he didn't and he still regrets it to this day people you love people your friends are not promised tomorrow so imagine you have a window to spread the the gospel to people and you're convicted you're being led by the Holy Spirit to spread and you don't because you're scared about what people will think about you You're you're scared you'll lose friends you're scared and then what if that person dies tomorrow? What if you die tomorrow? What, you know, there's, there, tomorrow is not promised. So if we are given an open door, an open window to spread, we need to take that opportunity. Absolutely. And off that, I have Romans one sixteen. It says, for we should not be ashamed of the gospel. And in Galatians, uh, Galatians 1 or Galatians 6, I'm not sure, somewhere in Galatians, it says, if you are still worried about what people think of you, or what people's opinions are, then you are not a child of God. See, we no longer worship or submit to what people's opinions, a standard, or society, culture. No, we are called to do what Jesus tells us and live to the standard the Bible has out, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and people are like, oh yeah, I get that. But if you're not spreading the gospel because you're scared of something or because you don't want to step on somebody's toes or you're, you don't stand up for something that clearly is wrong, then you care about those things. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. So in Psalm 96, 2 through 4, it says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. I want us to take note of something very important. It is saying here that... We are worshiping the Father whenever we're going and spreading the good news. We are worshiping Him by this is this is worship, and this can really. I didn't realize that. See, spreading your faith, it's an issue whenever you think that it becomes like it makes you better or it makes you a good person or whatever works based. That's not what it is. But on the flip side spreading your faith can absolutely build your faith. It can absolutely grow in your relationship with God because you can, you have daily testimonies. You have testimonies throughout your, your life, throughout your day. And it's a real faith builder. I know whenever I'm spreading the gospel, the way that God wants me to, there is just, God really opens up these opportunities for him to show himself. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I, there was one lady. So I, um, I went and I was running at the KOA in San Angelo. I came back and I just kind of felt a nudge to go and pray for this girl in a car. 
And so I went up and I knocked on the window and I'm like, oh, hey, um, I felt like God was wanting me to come and pray for you. And she she just starts crying, bursting out. I mean, she's she's I mean, bawling. And she's like she's and then she turns over and she shows me her Bible and her devotion. She said, I was just about to get in my Bible and my devotion. Thank you so much. And if I would not have went with that nudge. I would have missed on an opportunity for my faith to be built because obviously that was God showing up. And I, I like that's just one of those I look at back at now whenever I'm thinking about, oh, I, I feel like I need to say something about God. If I'm thinking about not doing it, I try to go back to that. I try to go back to times like that where I could miss out because I wasn't willing because I just about didn't do it. I was just about feeling uncomfortable. I didn't want to go knock on that window. But now that I think about that, that was such a faith builder. I mean, I was I walked away from that, couldn't stop thinking about that for a long time because I was like, wow, that's amazing. Just to see what God can do, just just a small thing like that can can really change change your day, change things. Yeah, and plus you that woman you prayed for benefited too because you're praying for her. God's working through you. But at the same time, you're benefiting as well because you had to trust God and trust the Holy Spirit. So it's even though you are serving and you're praying and you're taking the initiative, you are benefiting and you're having to rely on God just as much. So it, it, it like you said, I like how you said that. Um, it really grows your faith um, following that. Next, I, I have written down Romans ten fourteen. Um and this idea is everyone is called to spread the gospel. Like, if you are a Christian, you spread the gospel. And if you have never spread the gospel once in your life, I would encourage you to, like, reevaluate and really dig deep to your faith and, you know, figure it out. Because, you know, Braden went and prayed for that woman. You know, there's people, there's pastors who spread their gospel, you know, leading a church. There's people who, like me and Braden, are doing a podcast. But there's also people who just every day in their work, you know, uh, uh, People they come across spread that way, you know, uh, give bits of information. We're all called to spread the gospel in different ways, but we're all called to spread. Yes. Um, and I have Romans ten fourteen. It says, how then can, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they not have heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching it to them? And now anyone can preach unless they are sent. This is a big one. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who are bringing good news? It is, it is good. It it is beautiful, and we are all called to be spread this good news that Jesus has saved mm. us. You know what I mean? Yes. And, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking about like God. God just delights in us, you know, spreading, you know, spreading Him, spreading His news. And oftentimes, I've I've looked back on you know the times that early in my walk and. Kind of like, oh man, that ugh, that's cringy. You know what I mean? And I've went back though, and I've kind of, I've just been talking to God about it, and He's really revised the way I look at these things now. He's like, these are learning experiences. Like these, like I love this. This is beautiful. You know, it's beautiful the whenever you come and spread my word, no matter how like if you mess it up a little bit, if it if it doesn't look a certain way, you know, if it doesn't look exactly like it does for the disciples the first for your first time you know what i mean like it doesn't he he's just delights in you doing it at all 
And that's really built my confidence in going back and doing it because it doesn't have to look perfect. It just needs to look with effort. God loves our effort. God loves our trying. We will learn and we'll learn how to grow in it and we'll eventually get better and better and better and, and be much more prolific than our first time for sure. Yeah, I like how you said that. And I was talking to, the, to you the other day and I was talking about how I've spread the gospel when I first became a Christian. I didn't really do it the correct way. I've gotten in fights with family members, friends. You know, we've been, you know, argued. But God, you know, when I look back, I probably did it the wrong way. But God used that, you know. And the way I was spreading the gospel then, you know, is not the way I'm spreading the gospel now. But it's the gospel. You're 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 spreading the gospel, and then you learn from these situations. And, Absolutely. Um, one thing that I have written down is, um, you know, in America. Spreading the gospel is so casual, right? We have everyone, everyone's heard the name of Jesus. There's a Baptist church around the, around the corner from you, a, a church down the, down the road. Everyone has heard the gospel in America. Um, I think the issue in America is, you know, who's deciding to pursue it, whatever. But you look at Peter, right? You look at Peter went from denying Jesus in the gospels. He, Peter predicted, I mean, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. So he goes from denying Jesus to then being crucified upside down, right? And 11 of the 12 disciples died a gruesome death or were martyred. So they were spreading this God, this, this message that they were spreading was worth dying over that they died over the gospel in the message that Jesus preached. And we look at the you know, you know, American Christianity, everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, it was just comfortable and spreading it comfortable and, you know, not pursuing it with a whole heart. And you look at, you know, I was reading the top 10 most dangerous countries in the world to be a Christian, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, uh, Eretia, I don't even know where that is, Sudan, Yemen, Iran, India. It is illegal. You will be killed for being a Christian in these countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you, when you look at North Korea... A, a mother who is a Christian can't even tell that her her son or daughter that they're Christian until they're like 18 years old because they are scared that when they go to elementary school that they're going to slip up and say something and then they're going to go get killed because it's that bad to be a Christian. And you see these missionaries going into these third world countries, these dangerous countries, spreading the gospel, putting their life at stake. At, at stake. That there, this message is is worth that much. Like there's something in this message that you're willing to die over. You may want to take a second look at and, and uh, think a little bit about what you're listening to and reevaluate how you view this this message. Yeah, see how like see how much you value it once you look at it. <clears throat> you might value it whenever it's the only thing you can put your faith in. You know, you look at um, people. I know for sure people in China they have to. Um, rip out pages of the Bible, and then they'll study them, and then they'll they'll switch them. They'll an switch illegal, them in an illegal Bible trade. Yeah, they have their, and that's how they have to do it because there's not enough Bibles there. Is that what you're willing to do? Like, is that you know we have to step into that? Obviously, we can't only through experience can you truly feel that. But on the other hand, we can still see that and understand that that's the that's how much. We need we we need to understand how much this is this is that important. This is that important even in America. Just because 
other people have heard it or seen it, we still need to spread. We still need to be open. And we should have such a, a much easier time about it compared to, I mean, the back in Rome in the like after Jesus, three, four hundreds and, you know, <laughs> one, two, three, four hundreds, they were getting uh, they would get eaten by lions if they said the name of Jesus. Like if they were telling people about God, you know, like what <laughs> that's yeah. that's different. And we need to understand what that's real persecution. What we deal with, this is so small. And we need to, once we understand that what God thinks about us, then we will barely even look at this as persecution. You know, this is light. We can go and we can, most of the time, the worst I've had happen to me, I prayed for a decent amount of people and talked to a decent amount of people about God. The worst I've had happen is someone go, no, 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 please don't pray for me. That's it. I'm back. Okay, well, I'll go pray for you later, and that's the worst that's happened. And, and bless even my if they heart. deny you, even if they deny you, that seed's still planted. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And I'm like, but like, bless my heart. You know, I got denied by a stranger. You know, I, I mean, that's so such a small price compared to the price that Jesus paid for us. You know, we need to be willing. According <laughs> to the Open Door USA website, this is where I find like the most persecuted countries, whatever. Those who are discovered to be Christians, this is in Afghanistan, those who are discovered to be Christians may be sent to a mental hospital because their families believe no sane person would leave Islam. They may also be beaten or even killed by family members or members of Islamic extremist groups like the Taliban. Violence against Christians remains very high, but the measures taken against converts depends on the family. So different families you know, resort to different punishments for whatever. And then one Christian in Afghanistan says, How we survive daily. Only God knows. He knows because he has been kind to dwell with us, but we are tired of all this death around us. This gospel message has been watered down in America, but truth is, in, in, if you read Romans 10.9, you know, uh, declare that, what, what is Romans 10.9? You know, say, say that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. So, you, you, you know, you, you declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, and then you'll be saved. That's how you receive salvation. The reason that that's why you receive salvation is, you know, saying, you know, that Jesus is Lord is because in the Roman, you know, the Romans um, in Jesus' time, if you were Christian and you had to, or excuse me for stuttering, in Jesus' time, you know, post-Jesus resurrection in the 40 days, if you were a Christian, you would be killed or whatever. You had to say Caesar is Lord, you know. That was the rule, like Caesar is Lord, Caesar is King. And if you said Jesus is Lord, you were killed because there were you were placing Jesus over King Caesar. So yeah. that's why it says Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart because that declaration that Jesus is King basically was a death sentence. And are you willing to, like, is that how much the gospel means to you? Yeah, needs to. All right, well, I have 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That uh, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. That is, uh, Those letters are in red. So when... You're saying like we're learning, we're hearing, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Like, 
we get to in Jesus's suffering in Jesus's death, like through his suffering, we get to, we get to be a part of that with him. You know, whatever persecution you feel like you're having, just know that Jesus has been through the worst persecution and Jesus has already been through um, all the worst, worse than anything that we could, uh, we could ever bear. So we can always call on him uh, for understanding in those positions. hundred percent. And uh, you know, next I want to talk about how to share the gospel. Like obviously, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about like how to start the conversation or like when to do it, but like really just what points to hit on. You know, normally they're like, oh, there's it's such a big Bible. You know, what do I talk about? What do I not talk about? There's a few things I look at, you know, when I'm spreading the gospel to somebody. A big one that I faced is, you know, this idea of, um, you know, when you're spreading to somebody, they're like, oh, I, I believe I'm a good person. You know, I look at Luke 18, um, and in Luke 18 it says, Jesus defines somebody as good and he defines God as good. And then he defines man as broken. So there's that's one passage that, you know, trumps the I'm a good person idea. Then Romans 3.23, you know, for all fall short of the glory of God. Um, Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 8 through 9, you know, you're saved by grace, not of works. There are passages that, you know, you can study these things and be real uh, well equipped with them, real studied up. So, when you get in these situations, you won't have to be like, oh, crap, like, you know, what I say, what I say. You there, There's passages that um, you can revert to when spreading the gospel to people. Yeah, I think for me, the most important thing is to help us realize, like I, I usually explain, I didn't, like, it wasn't until I realized I needed a Savior that I could be saved. It wasn't until I realized that I'm broken, I need help. So... And it, when you think about that, that that might be tough, you know, speaking to someone about that. But we have to bring up those hard questions. And it's like, we need to, that might be hard when you think about, oh, you know, you ask someone, like, are you a good person? It's like, we have to understand, we have to explain our side, like, hey, there's none good but God. So whenever we're, like we're called to this, so we have to be open about it, like even through the struggles. So these people probably it's going to be really hard to like explain um, the gospel in this area. Like it's going to be really hard to you know give out the word like in this position. But a good way I do it is. Uh... You know, you you almost like if you ever go to a, a psychologist or you know therapy, they always ask questions. They're like, you know, well, why do you feel bad? You know, why do you why do you think you feel bad? It's always questions. And when you have that question format, you know, um, have you ever sinned? And you you ask the question like, have you ever said God's name in vain? Have you ever lied? Have you ever lusted after a woman? Have you yeah. ever been angry? You ask these questions, and then make this person think for themselves okay, I have done these things. Well, what does that mean? Okay, mm -hmm. well, God says yeah. if you, you're a sinner, he's perfect, then, you know, what gets you to heaven? You know, you ask that, and then you make him think. Yeah. You make these people think through we these things, to, you don't just tell them. Oh, no, no, no. We have to yeah. and we have to understand that everyone has a, a moral conscience. Everyone has these morals. So once we apply to their morals, because it's not going to come through, through us or our strength or anything we've been through, but once some someone... We've all been in a position, whether small, little, 
like small, young, whatever, where we've lied and we felt bad about it, or we've, you know, we've said God's name in vain, we felt bad about it, or we've hated our brother and we felt bad about it. Once you can apply that and someone's moral conscience gets hit, that's when true repentance can come. And that is the absolute key. So I would just don't be afraid to bring up the tough questions on that, on that, on those type of things, uh, whenever it comes to someone's salvation. Oh, hundred percent. And, um, a good piece of advice I would say is you don't, you know, there's a mistake that, you know, I have to know a certain amount of knowledge. I have to know, you know, a good portion of scripture to then study. You don't have to have a certain amount of knowledge to spread the gospel. You can just know Jesus is your savior and then spread that way. You can be a theologian and have degrees in theology and you're spreading that. There's no, um, you don't have to have a certain amount of knowledge to spread the gospel. You're saved. So then just speak about Jesus, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you know nothing except for Jesus is your King, then tell people that, tell people that, that Jesus is Lord. I mean, that's powerful in itself. You know, God, you have the the grace of God with you. You have God is going with you in his spirit. He's you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have to trust in that. You have to trust in the power that that carries. You know, normal words can can just absolutely convict the heart whenever we spread and we're open. God uses those situations regardless of how it sounds or how good um how good it sounds or whatever. I, most of my most of the prayers that I've had where the other person is like, oh, oh my gosh, that was exactly, you know, that spoke to my heart so much. I was like, wow, that really felt horrible. I mean, my, I was stuttering and couldn't get, you know, like I, I was messing up. And God always uses that because people hear, you know, they have their own spirit. You know, whenever they hear, it could be God breathing on them for just in that time. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially me and you, I mean, I can speak for myself at least that, You'll be thinking something. You have a stirring in your heart, especially beginning of my walk. And then, you know, somebody says something and you like, I didn't acknowledge them, but they said something exactly what I was thinking about, what I was stirred up about, what I was struggling with. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times when you're spreading the gospel, you don't see their inner motives. You don't see they won't always give you uh, affirmation for spreading. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Cole, for spreading the gospel. I needed that. Now I'm a Christian. You know, you just called to spread and God will work through you, you know? Yeah. I I would say a big thing that, um, I learned early in spreading was God really, he never allowed me to be a part early in my walk of someone being saved so that I couldn't take it for myself. Yeah. And we have to understand that. So at first it was hurting my heart when people weren't receiving the gospel, but it should, it's not your problem. It's not you that gets it done anyway. It's only God that gets it done. You get to be an instrument. So the good thing about that is you will never be hurt by someone not receiving the gospel because it's God in them. It's it's God that does all the work anyway. But that also means we can't be taking credit for anything that's happening. We can't take we we can't be looking for those. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, Cole. Thank you. That was thank you, Braden. Oh my gosh, no. It's all God. We give all the glory to God. We we just, I take solace in, oh God, I got to be an instrument. I got to be a part of this with you. That was amazing. You know, that's so much fun to get to even just be be with you and, and do things for you, Lord. That's a big thing too. Um, I hit on something you said there. 
um, when you're spreading to your friends, your family, and they don't listen, like they don't receive what you're saying, like you got to understand what salvation is. Salvation is literally a supernatural act where God saved you. Like imagine a, you know, a, a pig turning into a man, right? You know, a, a pig goes to garbage, garbage, garbage. And then imagine God turning that pig into a man. And now he goes to, you know, wings, chicken, you know, this luxurious food. That's what salvation is. It's a supernatural act. So what you have to understand is Jesus tells us not everyone will receive this message. We were blind as Christians or as non-believers. We were blind and now we see he opened our eyes. That's an act of like God had to do that. And you read 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It says, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the eyes of, of unbelievers. And you, you, you look at um, Matthew 6 or 5, it says, small is the gate or small is the gate and narrow yeah. is the path that leads to eternal life. Not everyone will get to heaven. And it, he tells us that people are going to, it's going to fall on deaf ears. People aren't going to receive this message. The only thing you can do is just pray for people and then continue to spread. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you read 1 Corinthians. I'll read 1 Corinthians. This is a good one. Um, 1 Corinthians one eighteen. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, yes. us, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Wow. That means it's, that's, that's why you, I mean, yeah, I can't even explain it better than what it says. That's powerful. But um, I have a debate for you. I didn't tell I you that I have a debate for you. So I would be willing to say Spider-Man is one of the you know best superheroes there is. But who is the best Spider-Man actor? You know, we have you know the GOAT, the the OG Tobey Maguire. Then we have Andrew Garfield, you know, a little gap year. Then we have Tom Holland. Who's who's the best Spider-Man? I'll be honest, I don't like Tom Holland. Not at all. Dude. I've had this argument with buddies of mine. They're like, oh, Tom Holland's the GOAT. You know, he he he's hits the comments. He, that's what actually Spider-Man's supposed to be. I'm like, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't he's care. Good. I don't care I don't, for him. I don't care. I mean I'll be completely honest with you. I haven't seen much of uh Toby Maguire's Spider Man. But I I I I truthfully liked, um, from what I've seen, I do I like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man a lot. I think he's I think he's the best actor, honestly. I mean, people are like, oh, the Peter Parker is uh, the Peter Parker for Tom Holland is so good, and I'm like, I don't. I, he just rubs me the wrong way a See, little bit. Tobey Maguire, imagine imagine seven and eight year old Cole Harris sitting in front of a flat screen TV. Watching Tobey Maguire, you know, beat the Goblin, beat the the formed guy, beat the Black Spider Man. He he just he just really set me on that path of that superhero path and the love for Marvel, love for all that stuff. He's the yeah. goat in my opinion. But when people say, like Spider Man's supposed to be a kid, and he's I mean Spider Man, Tobey Maguire's like dang near thirty in that movie. 
Yeah. See, but that's the thing for me. <clears throat> I don't I don't care if things line up perfectly with the comics. I'm not one of those people. I mean, make the best movie. That's what I like because I'm watching the movies. If I wanted to read the comics, I would read the comics. But I mean, I understand for the kids or the people out there that do read the comics. I mean, it would be cool. But, I mean, why not do something a little different? I, I think – and the thing about it is I have warmed up to Tom Holland a little bit. I think he's gotten better. But, like, in the first movies, he was just like – oh, I was like, okay. He's – he yeah. It just doesn't – it just wasn't good for me. But, but in I mean – But there's a new one coming out, uh, the Spider-Verse movie, where Tom yeah. Holland and Garfield, they're all going to be in it. Yeah, they're that. all three. I, I think that would be cool. But, oh, it's gonna be fire. I mean, to me, one of the best Spider-Man movies is the the animated end of the Spider Verse. Have oh, you seen yeah. that? I, that was... I watched. Um, don't spoil it. I watched <laughs> half of it, and I haven't seen the rest. Like, I, I paused halfway through. It's a that's a good movie. I mean, that was I good. Thought, I thought it was amazing, and I like how it, it's filmed like a it's it's filmed like a comic book. You I know? know it's like animated, yeah. and then they have like little cartoon it's it's all it's weirdly filmed but it's it's a masterpiece you know it's comic animation it's really cool but that's, that's the title comic animation no that's just what i made up <laughs> hey it's unprofessional I mean. <laughs> yeah i don't know i've never it's it was like the first of its kind though like the animation was i thought it was amazing but to me i mean <clears throat> i and like i like the andrew garfield spider-man like i, I thought he was pretty good too i, I just I can, I, but I know what people are talking about with Toby, me, Toby Maguire being old and even Andrew Garfield being old. The Tom Holland actually looks fifteen or sixteen, so it yeah. looks he looks the part. He really does. But I, th- that's just not what I prefer. Like I think that from what I've heard, from what I've seen, and stuff like Toby Maguire kind of like set the bar too, and he's been like he he's kind of the example. To me, like everyone loved the Tommy Maguire Spider Man, so I just don't think I just don't think the Tom Holland one's that good. But and you think you gotta think about this way: <coughs> Tom Holland's part of the Marvel, you know, empire. You imagine two thousand three filming a Spider Man movie? The graphics, animation they're they're working with pennies compared to billions of dollars that Marvel does. You know, oh, the movies yeah. are just so much better. So the quality, that is also yeah. yeah, that's a major factor. I, I I hope they do a good job with this Spider Man. I hope they do a good job with this new one, with the Spider Verse one, because I want to see like I want to compare them. I want to see if this it's will good. really be a good comparison of who's the goat. Yeah, this one will be a good tell. Yeah, so I I hope that you know I hope it's not one of those that they just put like a bunch of the one like a bunch of Tom Holland and then like the other ones are just kind of like side cameos pieces. almost. Yeah, yeah. so. I hope that they do good with getting them, and I'm sure they will. Marvel's so good; like that's the thing. They they always get it right. They never get it wrong, no. in my opinion. I haven't seen them get it get it wrong with any movie. So, uh, hot take: <clears throat> Star Wars, the last one, Rise of Skywalker. Hot take: They messed that one up. Was that Marvel? Yeah, I mean Disney but, owns Star Wars. I mean Disney. I know. Marvel. Yeah, but Disney. Marvel Marvel has its own studio that they do all their stuff by themselves, but. All the Star Wars, all the new Star Wars were garbage. Dude, I was watching The Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars this past, you know, two days ago, and they screwed it up so bad. Like, they really missed garbage. it. Garbage. It was garbage. And, and what makes me mad even more is that George Lucas, the writer, 
you know, he was a producer on the show, but he sent in a script or a you know, a know. timeline. And I've heard all this from Wyatt. 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 It's, it's so dumb. Wyatt, Wyatt hates it. He hates it if you bring it up. No, it, uh, they really messed They messed up. The last three were awful. But I'm sitting there watching <laughs> this. And I, you know that scene when she, uh, Ray's fighting the the emperor, she he he sucks the life out of both of them, right? Because they're two Jedi, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you made the new emperor. Um, I'm gonna live for 50 more years, right?" Then Ray gets up, and she goes, "He goes, I have all the Sith in me," and she goes, "I have all the Jedi in me," and it was so cringy. And then she gets a a lightsaber, and you know the emperor does his lightning. He blocks. She blocks the lightning. And then all of a sudden, she just grabs a second lightsaber, puts it in an X, and then kills him. Like, there was the most anti-cinematic fight scene ever. It was so boring. Yeah. It, it, no, they were all... They were bad. George Lucas was the only one. But they... um, For... If I remember right, the last one was... Or the, the seventh one was the guy the, that... That the, was the worst one. The seventh, the seventh one? one? Or no, no, the eighth the last- one. The eighth one was the worst. The one. last Jedi with when Skywalker um, died or whatever. See that one <clears throat> to me. Is that the one you're talking about? To me, the last one actually wasn't the worst. I thought the one before it was the worst, and it was the people that made Game of Thrones. So you know how the ga- last season of Game of Thrones was garbage. Garbage, worst that of all time. It was the same time that they were making the Star Wars. I and actually have. Go ahead, my bad. So they garbaged both of them. I actually have a hot take on Game of Thrones as well. I think they purposely made it bad because if you think about um, every good season or every good show you've ever seen and they, they have a great ending, it always dies down. But everyone always talks about Game of Thrones being so bad. It's like a it's like a, a Christmas. Uh, everyone talks about it at Christmas, talks about it at the bar. It's like a conversation everyone has. So I think they purposely made it bad so people would talk about it more. That's Maybe what I so. think. Because I Maybe could have so. written a better script. I, I definitely could have written a better ending than, than they did. Yeah. I, that, that, but see, Marvel Studios is... Trust me, I've heard all this from Wyatt. He knows this stuff. Marvel Studios is, is separate, and they've stayed separate from Disney. Yeah. So, like, they Disney doesn't have parts... Have the... Like, they do Star Wars now. Disney does Star Wars. Marvel... D- just they, stays they with Marvel. Work separately. Yeah, they have the, by the company. Yes, they have their own thing that as far as the creative stuff, but obviously the money and whatever, everything else is is Disney, but the creative that the actual movie, that's all Marvel. That's why it's not messed up. But Yeah, and di- Dude, watching the Star Wars movie, you know, everyone knows <laughs> the Avengers ending when every Avengers character that was ever in the movies came and it was you know goosebump moment right they beat thanos in the star wars movie they literally tried to copy it with all the ships i was like like i was in the theater watching it with my dad i was sitting there i was like seriously (laughs) this is the best you could do come on yeah and where were all those people the last the last uh 30 years of the um the rebellion (laughs) you know i mean nowhere to be found And, and and plus, Star Wars came out only a couple months after Avengers did. Like Star Wars came out in December, I think Avengers came out in May. So everyone just finished watching Avengers, and then you just go to see Star Wars, and it's the same plot line. Yeah, I'm just it, sitting there disgusted. It's disgusting. It really it, that was that was that was I was disgusting. annoyed. What like 
what's this new force thing where we can we can <laughs> cross dude, force dude, pa- passing the lightsaber like that? Dude, I was sitting there just oh. no. and then Luke and then Luke Skywalker pulls a ship out of the water and he's in the fort. He's like a ghost. Yeah. You remember that scene? He's literally I'm, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's like they 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 messed it up so bad and it was just too much like uh the emperor was doing like the electricity up like thousands of feet it was like the jedi were just like like powerful uh like really like they're like kind of like people with mind tricks that were like Captain America before he could do Thor's thing. Like he, they were like above average, very yeah. good. They weren't like this cr- insane, like, like crazy Superman. Like this is insane. See, this doesn't make any sense. We're, tra- we're talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man needed to, I mean, Spider-Man doesn't matter if you stick to the comments, the comment, <clears throat> I think Star Wars needed to stick to the, the storyline, you know, like they, they were oh, focused gosh. on, you know, because Disney made Star Wars, they were they they're big on making good quality movies. You know, feel good movies that are wrapped up with a bow. You know, when George Lucas was making the Star Wars, he makes it like like they're long movies, they're yeah. intricate, and Disney just kind of dropped the ball. But yeah, I will say, I will say that the last Star Wars movie, I was like blown away at the cinema. Like you said, the lightning scene. Like that was beautiful. Like no, Disney's yeah. next level. No, the, I, if you're talking about like the graphics, and that's and, why I, I watched it, and I was like, like when I left, I was like, dang, that was a pretty good movie because of how great the stuff was. And then yes. I really got to thinking about, it, I was like, that movie was awful. Like <laughs> that was awful. They they literally made something like literally when we got out of the movie theater, I didn't think about the Marvel ending, and then someone was like. I was like, someone said about the Marvel ending, how that was ending. I was like, and this was garbage. What are they talking about? Like force where you can uh, give lightsabers to each other through the force. I was like, this is retarded. Dude, and I'll be honest. I got goosebumps. I'm sitting there. The Emperor does the lightning in the sky. Ray is sitting there practically dead because she just got KO'd by the Emperor, right? She's sitting there, and then the you know goes silent. There's like a piano playing in the background. It's silent. You see the yeah, lights. See, that was yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, okay, that's like next level. Like I'll remember that for the rest of my life. But then I, you know, I'm just like, but it was it was garbage. Like, yeah, you know no, what I mean. I know it was so, but it, there was so much money put into that movie, like as far as the effects and everything, that it was like if you take it out of it being a. It's just so horrible for Star Wars is what like they messed up the story so bad. But if you would just like take it as a movie as itself, yeah. it's pretty good because of how good the effects are, how good everything else is. Like if you take it outside of what George, because George Lucas had, I mean, it was amazing no what control. he did. You like know, he had he, no control over the new no, ones. No, no, he, he had nothing in the new ones. And he, like he's pretty like Wyatt showed me interviews and stuff like. There, Luke, the guy that plays Luke Skywalker, what's his name? Um, uh, Hamill. Uh, yeah, Mark Hamill. Like, Mark, they're all. He was like, he was he's not a happy about, actor. He's not happy, but he was good for Star Wars. But oh yeah, it was not good what they did. He, yeah, he, like yeah, that's what he was like. He was like, he was sad about like this. This was terrible. Like so. 
it's still going to be one of the greatest movies of all time just because, like, kids love Star Wars. And, you know, little kids are elementary school watching yeah. that for the first time. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's a great movie. They don't even know, bro. If you were born when we were born, you're actually watching these older movies. Yeah. They crap. Oh, yeah. If you, haven't seen the old, if you haven't seen the old ones, then. It's still going to live to be one of the greatest movies of all time, I feel like, just because it's Star Wars, cinema, whatever. Yeah, and I – see, I just – so I hate to be like this, but just Ray, uh-uh. she was Dude, not working. Sh- um, what's the uh, Jedi's name that died at the end? What's his name? Ren or Ben Kylo Solo? Ren. Kylo Ren. Um, he should have let Ray die. <laughs> he should have <laughs> let Ray. He should have let Ray die, and then been the because he's a Skywalker. A new line of Skywalker Jedi's. Three more trilogies. Three more movies. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Let Ray die. Let her die off, and just go. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, no. They see the and Kylo Ren had a like it, they could have done him well. Like they, it could have been so cool with Kylo Ren, and then they just and plus pooped, it, they pooped the bed because they made him. They made in like the first movie back. Ray was already fighting him. Perfect. She was already like almost beating him. I was I, like. Buddy, he's been Dude, training his whole life. The emperor <laughs> himself, uh, no, Snook, Snook trained Kylo Ren and Rey, who's never held a lightsaber in her life, just you know, cut him in the face. That's when he she cut him. I know, and Finn, and Finn, the other guy who's not even a Jedi, stood in a fight against. I was like, that, this takes years of training. Like this is, <laughs> oh, it's crapped it. it. That was the thing. That was the thing about like. The Star Wars were masterpieces. Like the old ones were masterpieces. Like mm-hmm. think about Luke's growth into being good. He, oh, 100%. His, he was he was like they did a perfect job. At, like he's just all right. And then the fifth one he becomes pretty good. And he's then like the sixth one, the sixth one he's insane. Like that's where he's like actually because he's actually had years of training instead yeah. of like you know because you just want to jump into them being having good fights. Well, Kylo Ren and Ray ended up having. 20 even fights where no one did anything. It was like, okay, this is just annoying. Im- imagine Disney's 2020 capabilities filmmaking wise and, and put that George in the 1980s. And do, I mean, wow. I mean, I know, right? You can't even imagine it because it's next level. <laughs> Last question I'm going to say, you know, because we've been going a long time, is uh, do you watch The Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. Have you watched the season two? Yeah. Dude, I'll be honest. I think the Mandalorian. I, I kind of hated on it. If you know my buddies are watching this, I I used to hate on it all the time. Um, I like it better than the Star Wars movies because it yeah. it really it gives like a a background or like a behind the scenes, um, de- like development, uh, character development almost like this. Way you know better. That, you know Star Wars. Star Wars was so in depth that really they needed a TV show. If yeah. it would have been a TV show. Then honestly, like I think that w- it would have been the best TV show of all time. It could have went so long, well, that's been what so in now. depth, and, and I know that's what I mean. Obviously, I'm saying with George Lucas back then, like what that would have been like, oh, you yeah. know, because there's so much depth that they can have, you know, the Metacorians and all that. You know, you don't even understand because the movies happen so fast. But yeah. yeah, you know, with with Mandalorian, they're they're able to go in depth. I think it's amazing. A you know, really they, amazing series. They announced a new series coming out with 
Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin, Darth Vader, Skywalker. Yeah. Um, but have you seen that episode of the the Mandalorian with the Jedi where she has the two lightsabers? Yeah. Ahsoka Tana. Ahsoka Tana. Oh, bro. I was sitting there. I was like, I was getting goosebumps because that scene where she's running in the fog and stuff. That was Dude, a good like, scene. They yeah, film, they're so good. They film so good. The fights are so good. The camera angles are so good. And I, I think love that's, that's why I like The Mandalorian so much because it gives you like a more detail. Yeah, more detailed perspective. And it allows the, the camera on a scene for longer than two minutes before, you know, they're fighting the Death Star. You know, the, the movies are so long that they have to like go fast. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I love I love The Mandalorian. I, I felt like the... To me, the first season was better, but I mean, I I think the second season has been outstanding too. Oh, but I guess but, we're ready to wrap it up. Yeah, for sure. All right, appreciate y'all watching another episode of the King Division podcast. Tune in. Merry Christmas. Um, shout out Lakers. You know we're about a two peat. Um, God bless y'all. <laughs>